0: Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today on Sanctified in Truth, we're going to look at Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to verse 25 as we talk about the prayer of belief. As always, I want to encourage you to read the passage before you listen to the podcast. People often quote Jesus' promise here in Mark 11. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. They use it as a claim that Jesus gives us a blank check that we cash with faith. But is that really what Jesus is saying? Will God really give us whatever we ask for if we just believe without any shadow of doubt? Now it's obvious that this cannot be taken hyperliterally. No one is arguing that God would give us something sinful or something that's supernatural. For instance, a young boy may believe with every fiber of his being that God can give him superpowers, but that doesn't mean God will. I realize this example is hyperbole, but I'm simply trying to demonstrate that whatever Jesus is saying necessarily has some caveats. So what does Jesus mean? As we always do, we have to turn to the context to understand meaning. Notice that Mark starts the story with Jesus cursing the fig tree. Then he describes the cleansing of the temple and finally he returns to the fig tree. This is a literary device that Mark frequently uses called intercalation. What he is doing is showing us that we interpret the cursing of the fig tree in light of the cleansing of the temple and vice versa. The stories, although they may not seem like it on the surface, are connected. Two pieces of information may also provide clarity to our understanding. First, fig trees are used several times in the Old Testament as a metaphor for Israel. The second piece of information is that the fruit of a fig tree begins to appear about the same time as the leaves. The appearance of leaves should have indicated that fruit was already growing. Jesus is symbolically decrying the hypocrisy of all who have the appearance that they're bearing fruit, but in fact aren't. The symbolism is fully realized as he judges the temple and those who should be bearing fruit, but are not. As the disciples pass by the fig tree, Jesus explains his teaching. Jesus tells the disciples to have faith in God to move anything that hinders the bearing of fruit in their life. Jesus continues his point by elucidating that one of the greatest hindrances to worship is a lack of forgiveness. But God can even help us with that. This prayer can be summarized in this way. If we believe in God and seek Him in prayer, He can do absolutely anything to enable us to bear fruit in our lives as we follow Him. So what does it mean when Jesus speaks of there being no doubt? The doubt that Jesus warns about is not a doubt of the ability of God, but the plan of God. That was Israel's problem. They ignored God's plans for the temple to do what they wanted with it. They excluded those they didn't want there. This is what doubt looks like. It's trusting in myself and my way instead of God. So in reality, the interpretation that if we ask for healing or possessions and stuff with enough faith, God will give it to us is not just a misinterpretation of the passage, but it stands antithetical to what Jesus actually taught. For me to ask for my will to be accomplished, even if I ask with absolute certainty in the power and goodness of God, is not to anchor my faith to God, but to me, and is therefore doubting in God's plan. When I pray to God to ask for His help to accomplish His will in His way, I'm showing that I am certain that he will help and that his way is best. That's why Jesus prays in Mark chapter 14 verse 36, Abba Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. But we'll talk about that passage later this week. As we seek to think through the meaning, implications, and applications of this passage, we want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First, what does this passage call me to think and praise God about regarding His character or actions? I need to thank God that He cares so deeply about me doing His will that He can do the impossible, if need be, to enable that. God is generous, and He does not withhold any good thing from us. God is not only the object of our worship, He enables our worship. And today I need to praise Him for that. The second question I want to ask is, what do I need to pray for my own heart and life? The fact that this passage has been interpreted so frequently in physical terms reveals disordered priorities in our hearts. I need to pray that my heart will want fruitfulness in serving God and adherence to the Word of God more than anything else. I need to pray that my deepest desire is faithfulness and that I lean on God to produce fruit in my heart and life. The third question I want us to ask is, what does this passage teach me to pray? How often do you pray that God would take away anything that keeps you from being used greatly for his kingdom? Even more, how often do you mean it? If you were to pray this prayer, but what it meant would be that you would have a demotion at your job to free up more time, Would you be satisfied with that? If it meant having to take something away that took affection, that stole affection from God, would you be okay with that? I need to pray that God would do whatever is necessary in my life to produce the fruit of the Spirit and that that fruit of the Spirit is seen in the way I worship and through my faithfulness. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we'll discuss Matthew chapter 6, verse five to eight, as we look at the intent of our prayers. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God, and whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Today as we close, I want to close with a prayer by Henry Smith: "O oh Lord, it is of mercy without merit." that I am a branch of the vine, Jesus, that I am your house, a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is of justice that you have appointed your house to be a place of prayer and of duty, therefore, that we should pray unto you. For this, O Lord, I thank you that you have made me your child to lodge you and I acknowledge that of duty I am bound to serve you. But give me, O Lord, the grace of your spirit to conduct me in the way of your will. Cleanse or create a new heart within me that I may be a fit lodging for you. Amen.